Hey, welcome to Locked On Bruins. He's Nick Cope. I'm Brian Fenley. We ask you to join us on social media. Get involved. If you claim to be a Bruin fan, you're a fanatic, it is in your DNA to follow the show. Nick's Twitter is NKOOP. I'm at Brian Fenley. And our show itself has its own Twitter. That is Locked On Bruins. And if you want to drop us a line via email, lockedonbruins at gmail.com, then thank you so much for subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, Nick and I are part of Learfield IMG College's UCLA flagship network where we host the Bruin Insider Show. So that will be coming up during football and basketball season. All right, Nick, let's get right to it. Tyree Thompson, the latest to suffer an injury for UCLA. We'll discuss that. Also, some other observations as far as injuries are concerned with Joshua Kelly and company. You were at practice yesterday you were able to see how those guys are progressing and battling back from some ailments and we will hit upon what you saw in the punt return world as well and we'll wrap up the show with offensive line talk boss Tagaloa and chris murray met with the media yesterday and they made some interesting points that we're going to bring to you and react to later on so much to get to but first nick let's get right into tyree thompson who on Tuesday, posted a picture of him in a hospital bed, said he had a successful surgery, was not at practice on Monday, and it, it sounds like he's very optimistic about how things went with the surgery, but as far as the offensive line, or excuse me, as far as the, the linebackers are concerned, what does that mean without Tyree Thompson perhaps not in the thick of things for a while? Well, it kind of feels like deja vu again after all the linebacking trouble that we had guys unable to stay healthy last year and already you get a big one a guy who was a presumptive starter for this team to go alongside Chris Barnes he did in addition to saying it was a successful surgery on his social media he said minor setback for a major comeback we will have to wait and see what Chip Kelly says later this morning to get a little bit more of a time frame on that beyond that we don't know if this is going to be super extensive, a little on the briefer side. Um, the fact that there's a major comeback, he's a fifth-year senior, leads you p to believe that there is a chance he could come back later in the year, but we will just have to wait and see. So in the meantime, I feel like there's two main guys to help fill that spot. You've got Lokeni Toiloa and Javari Anderson are right there to go next to Chris Barnes. Uh, Lokeni, really solid as a reserve last year, 32 tackles, three sacks, not bad for coming off the bench. Javari Anderson, we have not seen yet. He missed all of last season with a concussion. Hasn't pressed in practice. We've heard lots of good things about him. We just haven't seen him yet. Like Thompson, another Juco guy, and he played his high school at De La Salle. As far as Tyree Thompson, here is a, a junior college transfer who – had to take on a significant role with the team last year, was inserted into the starting lineup. He had 55 tackles last year, including six tackles for a loss. And Chip Kelly, not too long ago, just talked about going into this year, his second year under Kelly's regime, that, quote, Tyree Thompson is just like a different guy and just has this comfort level surrounding him when it comes to the way he is picking up things under Kelly's regime and so it's your heart aches for Tyree Thompson for all that has been good that's been said about him from the players to the coaching staff it, it's it's very 
disheartening and we just obviously we don't want to speculate because we haven't heard from chip kelly yet and later today he'll give a little bit more of an outlook as to the extent of tyree thompson's injury but there are some other guys despite thompson that are suffering injuries but seem to be making some headway and some strides for the bruins yeah on the other side of the ball obviously joshua kelly was the big news over last weekend had been seen in the weight room, but wasn't really that involved in practice. I'd say today, or yesterday rather, he was back in a limited role. He was out on the field while the team was doing their stretching at the beginning of practice. He was on the stationary bike going around and around. He had a brace on his right knee still that kind of extended down to his right leg, a little bit slimmer than what we saw before. And then when the team broke for drills, he stayed on the side doing lunges and other work to kind of test his range of motion. So that was really encouraging, especially a lunge. I mean, I mean, my knees work, but they <laughs> still kind of hurt when you do lunges, uh, you know. So if he's out there doing lunges, you certainly take that as a good sign that when Chip Kelly says day-to-day that it does, in fact, maybe mean on the lesser scale of day-to-day. Yeah, because you had mentioned that day-to-day can be such a broad thing. And as a coach, you don't want to give all the details about an injury because sometimes that can provide an advantage to your opponent. You give them information that you really don't have to unload to them. So Joshua Kelly seems to be heading in the right direction. And then there are some wide receivers who seem to be turning the corner as far as getting back and, and getting more in the flow of things. And earlier in fall camp, they have been more saddled with that yellow non-contact jersey. But you've seen from when you observed practice yesterday, Nick, that there could be some signs that these guys might be added to the fold here sooner rather than later. Yeah, Michael Ezeke, Theo Howard, Diamond Lee, it's still in that yellow non-contact jersey. But some encouraging things, at least for Diamond Lee, he seems like he might be the closest to returning because when everybody broke to do drills, Diamond Lee stayed out there and did the coverage drills while Theo Howard and Michael Ezeke joined Joshua Kelly on the side doing those range of motion uh, type of workouts uh, with a member of the training staff. So Diamond Lee was out there sprinting. He was doing coverage drills where you're battling on on punk coverage. Um, and then after those coverage drills, they broke into wide receiver stuff, and, and Diamond Lee stayed out there. And, and then Theo Howard got from his spot on the side, and he came into the fold to catch passes, and then it was just Michael Ezeke. So you almost have like kind of a tier here where it seems you have Diamond Lee being the most involved, the closest, and then you have – Theo Howard a little bit closer, and then maybe Michael Ezeke needing a little bit longer. But the fact that they're out there, they're stretching, they're all doing things, I think is an encouraging sign. You know, who who knows, obviously, but that they're out there uh, is encouraging because we've only got three weeks until the start of the season. Yeah, three weeks and... The world-class sports medicine department for UCLA is going to ensure that those guys are as close to game-ready as possible. I can't say enough, and I know the players continue in any sort of interview, handle compliments out to the strength and conditioning coaches and all of the different resources that they are allowed to use to help them get into body shape. So 
whenever in doubt, these guys are in good hands when you think about all the different people that are put in place to help them. For sure, definitely. I mean, you know, they've got all the tools here to, to help these players. So I I think everyone has full confidence in this training staff, athletic training staff, to help these guys get back, but in a smart and responsible manner. There was a limited time that, Nick, you were allowed, and any media is allowed to view practice. So you were able to take in some notes from some of the injured guys that are making their way back, wide receivers and Joshua Kelly. But there was also an opportunity to, to look at special teams a bit in the punt return. And we all know special teams has been a source of some serious improvement for UCLA moving forward. And coming up next, we will get Nick's observations of what he saw yesterday in practice as far as the punt return. What guys are taking reps there who stood out? You're going to hear it all coming up next. Welcome back to Locked On Bruins. He's Nick Cope. I'm Brian Fenley. We invite you to follow us on Twitter. If you do consider yourself a Bruin fanatic or a Bruin fan, it is much needed to follow us on Twitter. Nick's is N-K-O-O-P. I'm at Brian Fenley. The show Twitter, Locked On Bruins. And if you are email inclined, it's locked on Bruins at Gmail. All right, Nick, so yesterday you continued to observe what you saw in the limited time that media is allowed to take in a UCLA football practice. Usually at the start, you're able to see some stretching, some guys warming Exhilarating. Up. Yeah. Exhilarating <laughs> stuff, like stuff you really can't take much of. And as a coach, you get it, right? Because... The way information travels, you don't want your opponent to know things. You want to kind of keep everything tight-knit because you don't want to give any advantage to your opponent that you could if you had a full practice viewing scenario. And so we get that. But from what you did see, on top of checking out who is still wearing the yellow non-contact non jersey, to some quarterback drills and some guys running routes. There was some time that you were allowed to feast your eyes on with the special teams. And we all know that that's been a liability the last couple of years for UCLA and developing better coverage, but also being better in punt returning. And you did evaluate and see some guys taking reps in that department. Yeah, so just to kind of set the stage a little bit about where UCLA has been punt returning, last year they only returned 11 punts. That's a lot of fair catches or kicks going out of bounds. So not a ton of opportunities. It started with Darnay Holmes. He was there against Cincinnati at the start of the year. Then Kyle Phillips got a couple looks. He had one really nice return. And then it was pretty much a Darius Pickett the rest of the way, but he only returned five times over the, the last half of the season. So I think it'd be nice if UCLA could develop, you know, a little more of a return game. I'm sure there's certainly an element where you'd rather just limit the risk, you know, and you know whether it be fumbles or, or whatnot. Um, but we did see guys uh, trying out. Chip Kelly was watching. Uh, they started on the jugs machine, shooting it up into the air and having guys come forward to field and also run back and kind of have to make an over-the-shoulder catch. Uh, Kyle Phillips and Darnay Holmes were kind of at the top there. Those are the two guys, no real surprise. Uh, Shamar Martin, a freshman defensive back, got a look as well. Keegan Jones, a freshman running back. Kazmir Allen, and then Jalen Irwin, the wide receiver. Those were the guys fielding the punt returns. 
uh, off to the side there. And, and both guys, everyone looked pretty comfortable. I think Keegan Jones missed one once trying to, to come in quickly on a short ball. Uh, Jalen Irwin, a, a speedy guy who I think everyone's really curious to see how he can fit into this wide receiver, receiver core. I can see him being a factor. And then they actually went and drilled live. Um, and we did see Colin Flintoff. We were talking about Wade Lease a lot uh, the other day. But Colin Flintoff was the one doing the punting for what it's worth. It was only a few punts. Uh, but first we saw Darnay Holmes uh, catch a couple and then and then Kyle Phillips. Uh, so we'll see who starts. I feel like on punt return you probably want to have maybe a little more sure-handed guy back there. So maybe that lends itself to a receiver like Kyle Phillips. And you have a guy like Darnay Holmes continue to return kickoffs. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, and then even kickoffs, the Bruins only returned 11. So you're talking 20 returns over the course of a season. Not that many. Obviously, we saw the Bruins take a lot of touchbacks on, on kickoff. Um, but I feel like punt return is an opportunity for this team to help flip field position. If they can have a punter, whether it be in Colin Flintoff or Wade Lease, to help flip field position that way and then have a returner who could potentially bust one um, I, I think I'd like Kyle Phillips to get that shot. He had a nice return uh, last year against Colorado, and now that he's back fully healthy, uh, we'll see what he can do. There is no shortage of speed for UCLA, from Darnie Holmes to Jalen Irwin and more. It's The concern is is who's going to be sure-handed with keeping the ball and you know taking care of the ball valuing the ball and if you have any doubt about speed and Darnie Holmes I urge you to go to YouTube and type in Darnie Holmes Arizona and Nick went in full detail about this a couple days ago on this podcast where Darnie Holmes ran down a guy who was in full sprint mode forced the fumble right before the goal line. It was just something out of a video game because there was like the turbo mode and you thought there was no way Darnay could catch up with this guy. No way anybody could. If any team has the speed, it's it's the Bruins for sure. Yeah, punt return's not, you know, the sexiest thing to talk about. It's not talking quarterback or anything like that, but it's a small part of the game, but it can be a crucial part of the game. It's a, it's a part of the game where one play could really doom you. If you have a muff punt or something, suddenly you're giving the ball right back, team's got a short field, or if you're able to take that part of the game and turn it into a benefit, then you're able to help your team. So it's, it's a small part, but a very important part. Yeah, and by gaining some yards in punt return, you take a lot of pressure off of a quarterback in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and you know, if you're backed up against the goal line and you're forced to be a little bit conservative with the playbook, then maybe, you know, you don't have the versatility and you're not able to open up the playbook in the way you want. But, yeah, if you get yourself at the 50-yard line and start a drive, how much different is that as far as what you can do as an offense? All right, coming up next, yesterday, Boss Tagaloa and Chris Murray, both on the offensive line, were able to meet with the media. Nick and I were both there. We are going to relay what those guys said, some of the big talking points, and what they can reveal about the progress of the O-line. That is coming up next. You're listening to Locked on Bruins. Welcome back to Locked on Bruins. He's Nick Cope. I'm Brian Fenley. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Nick's Twitter, N-K-O-O-P. I'm at Brian Fenley. Our show handle 
is Locked On Bruins. Give it a follow if you consider yourself a Bruins sports fan, that it, it is in your best interest to do so. This segment, we are going to relay what some of the offensive linemen said, Nick, yesterday at practice. Boss Tagaloa and Chris Murray both meeting with the media. Boss Tagaloa, his practice jersey, the number is so worn down that you can't even tell what his number is. And he said, man, that's the sign of fall camp. Guys are hitting hard out there and we're just battling. And Boss had said, that he's been spending a lot of time working with the skill guys this offseason, even competing with Joshua Kelly. And he said, quote, I was right there with him. Even running routes with Theo Howard. And if Boss Tagaloa reincarnated, he said he would like to be the quarterback. So why not yeah. have your center <laughs> be the quarterback? I mean, he touches the ball every play, too, as the center. So I'd I don't think it's it's that far fetched, uh, but it sounded like you know he was talking off season, just extra time. Guys are sticking around. He's like, yeah, I'll throw myself out there. I'll run some routes. I'll throw some passes. Boss is just really nice guy to to talk to, and he's just kind of he's, he's really real when you talk to him. You know, he's not there's not a lot of cliche with him. He just says it like it is. He's got such an easygoing demeanor. Uh, always enjoy the conversations with him. And um, unfortunately, as a center, he's probably not going to be in any position to throw or catch a pass. But I don't know. Maybe sometime. Well, if there's anyone who can design a way for Boss Tagaloa to see the football within the rules, it would be Chip Kelly. And if it does happen, you've heard it here first from Nick Cope and Brian Fenley, but then again, maybe Boss certainly was the first to key us in on that potentially happening. Now, Boss also talked about yesterday Dorian Thompson-Robinson and how great of a leader he is and said he's, quote, a fierce dude, a competitive guy. He gets on us, and you would like to see your sophomore be able to hold guys accountable and let them know if they're making mistakes. The guys understand that too. So not only do you need the leader, but you need guys that understand that when he is pointing things out to you to accept them and then you know improve upon them and fix those things, that he's not pointing them out just to tell you to do something, that it's in the best interest. And it seems like not only between offensive line and quarterback, but in so many areas of this team, everybody – is just open. Everyone understands how important communication is and they value each other's input and that is just so huge when you can just put egos aside and put the benefit of the team in front of everything else. If you had a word count for any time an offensive lineman does an interview and you hear the word communication coming out of their mouths, there's might there might not be a number high enough because from from Chris Murray to Tagaloa, that was the word that we heard uttered over and over again during their interviews and it's something that is so crucial to the success of an offensive line and look boss said we're not the biggest offensive line but we are able to be one of the most effective and so when you think about that Nick is it because of technique is it because of maybe their speed where they're able to do things that some of these bulkier big-bodied mule offensive lineman can't do well i think you hear the word communication 
thrown around so much it is because the offensive line is so unique compared to every other position group where you are to use almost like a military term you are like a unit you you have to work together one person cannot stray too far from the rest of the unit or the whole thing falls apart no other part of a football team is like that so it makes all the sense in the world where if you have a unit of offensive linemen who can buy in, communicate, and everyone knows where they're supposed to be, that you can overcome maybe some physical or athletic deficiencies if you are on the same page and still succeed, if that makes sense. You know, you, yeah. you can make up for those deficiencies because you have that communication. Absolutely. And Chris Murray, who was just a freshman last year, he also spoke to the reporters at practice yesterday and he said look the first year was cloudy and there you see maybe not the level of communication that you would expect or would hope but it's understandable it was the first year under coach kelly and he says now that we're in our second year not only are you getting in a situation where guys are are figuring each other out and knowing where they should be and communicating and getting the calls down but they're also able to add wrinkles to what they're doing in year two and, and for Chris he says look my biggest concerns my biggest tasks in order to improve are in run blocking pass blocking and then the mental and physical game as well and boss talked about this too the backups now that they have more bodies on the offensive line the backups behind the scenes are being heralded for boosting these guys mental games from the starter positions that is huge you know we don't spend a lot of time and nor will a lot of people spend a lot of time talking about the second or maybe the third stringers on the offensive line but these guys are getting their due praise from what they do from the mental side of things to help the the first year guy or excuse me the first string guys get their wits about them it's a another set of eyes to help you see something you might not have seen, both in practice and in games. Boss Tagaloa talked about guys like John Gay and Sam Marazzo that have really been beneficial in keeping that top unit uh, cohesive in pointing things out they might have missed. And just going back to what you were saying about Chris Murray, too, think about what the offensive line looked like at the beginning of last year. Murray was at the center spot. You had... Justin Murphy at right guard, and then Jake Burton at right tackle, and then putting the pressure of the center spot and all the calls you have to make with that and sliding him over, putting Boss in, just kind of, I think, alleviated a lot of pressure for him. And now you have that same unit you ended last year coming in and starting this year, save for the left tackle spot, which, of course, we didn't hear from a left tackle today. But it did sound like that Alec Anderson is kind of the guy right now. Yeah, and Chris Murray weigh, weighing in on Anderson yesterday said he's confident in his technique and said that the redshirt year for Anderson was just super important and benefited him magnificently. And then Boss brought up this point about the unsung leader on the offensive line and this might not be the name that we thought we you know you think about maybe boss being the leader but he brought up somebody else yeah jake burton the, the right tackle and makes sense he's been around here for a little while now he's in his red shirt 
junior season now. He was another guy like Boss that switched from D-line to O-line entering his sophomore year. Saw some limited action in 2017 and then kind of emerging as a solid starter in 2018. There were a couple hiccups at the start of the year, but by the middle point of the season through the end of the season, I thought he looked right at home there at the right tackle spot. Uh, so I guess it does perhaps make sense. He was there on the offensive line before Boss came in, you know, four games into to right. last season. But, yeah, that was really interesting. That, that raised my eyebrows. Boss said he, he keeps all of us in line, <laughs> honest, that we're, we're staying on task and, and doing what we need to do. Aren't you noticing a trend, Nick, that whenever we have these UCLA football players being interviewed, there's such a, a lack of ego, and there's just constantly – selfishness selflessness i should say coming through with guys continuing to never take credit and they're always pointing out other people but themselves for doing great jobs and i think that's just an amazing sign of what chip kelly wants to do and that it's not about me it's not about my numbers or about what i can do but as we hit upon earlier in the show what one person can do doesn't really matter unless everybody is doing their job and once everybody's doing their job then everybody can look good but if that's not the case then one person standing out is worthless yeah i mean we've seen such a huge culture shift in this program since the start of last season and it has to do with the new staff coming in establishing that culture i mean so much of that is done at practice at workouts and how the coaches coach guys and once you establish that guys fall in line and if they don't as we've seen guys have left the program they've gone elsewhere to each their own they they should be more uh they should do that if yeah. they want to do that and then as you recruit in coming years you bring in those guys that can then fit right into your culture sean ryan's one of those guys four-star type athlete the the big get of last year's recruiting class and he appreciated the sort of workmanlike blue-collar type of atmosphere that UCLA had. And one final note Boss was saying, and, and also Chris too, was that when guys are trying to convince maybe their peers to come to UCLA, and, and Chris was asked, well, you played with a lot of guys that were amidst recruiting battles with UCLA and other schools. What do you say to them to maybe bring them to UCLA? He said, look, I'm just straightforward with them, and I say, there's no funny business here. If you're good, you're going to play, and case closed. So I think, you know, you want, you appreciate coaches that don't feed you stuff where they don't come through with. And I think we see a lot of that in recruiting where coaches promise things that maybe they can't do. But here, it's, you've got this. Here is an objective perspective of where we see you. You like it or not. Take it or leave it. So Yeah, he said if you if you want to play, you'll get a fair shake. Best player is going to play, and that's going to appeal to a particular type of person, and those are the type of people we are seeing around this program now. Yep, and with that said, this is going to put an end to our episode. We will be back tomorrow, and then we'll have the opportunity to sum up what Chip Kelly said after he spoke 
with the media and perhaps he'll be asked about Tyree Thompson and what he's learned about the extent of his injury. So all the things that Chip Kelly says we will have for you on the next episode. We appreciate your time. Nick is at NKOOP. His Twitter, I'm at Brian Fenley. Thank you all for spending your time with us again. The show's Twitter is Locked on Bruins. As always, go Bruins and check us out with our next episode tomorrow.